Hey everyone, and thank you for joining another episode of Blessed Is She That Believed. We're on season one, episode three. Yeah, episode three. So I entitled this one, Stay Full of Jesus. <laughs> Stay Full of Jesus. And let me tell you the funny thing about this. Um, <clears throat> If I am coughing, it's because I was cleaning and then, um, I, you, I'm sorry, listen, I don't know if this is a Southern thing, but in the South, when we clean, when we, we mark our cleaning done when we burn candles. Okay. I mean, we light the whole house up. <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but it's like a, I, I know definitely in the South, I don't know about everywhere else, but I know you mark your done cleaning when you burn candles. That's just how it is. So if you hear me coughing <clears throat> and clearing my throat, it's because I had candles burning. <laughs> but I got my water next to me, okay? Um. So anyway, I was praying while I was cleaning and I was asking God, like, Father, I need something to talk about for this podcast. Um, I need something. Y'all... Let me tell once again, going back to how ghetto this is, um, that because that's this first season. This is ghetto. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't give me that title. That's just something I did. He allowed me to do that one right there. Um, let me tell you how God prepared me to do this. Like, and I didn't know he was preparing me to do this. Um, <coughs> he <laughs> last summer. It started in July, right? Last summer, I had to get some water, okay? Last summer in July, I um, went to Houston. Um, I, That's a whole story within itself. We're going to leave that alone. <laughs> I went to Houston. Um, and while I was there, the Lord woke me up at like 7 o'clock. Like, summer is my summer break time because I'm an educator, so those precious moments of sleeping in, they're precious. He woke me up at seven o'clock in the morning and told me to write. And it's like, I could not stop moving my hand. I'm writing, writing pages, pages, pages. When I got done, I looked at it and said, why does this look like a sermon? Like, why does this look like a sermon? I'm not a preacher. I am not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> when... I was asking the Lord what to talk about tonight. The Holy Spirit brought back to my remembrance those notes. And not only did I have notes in July, he kept giving me notes back to back to back. So I have almost a whole notebook full of notes that he had me write. Isn't that crazy? Like, I'm just sitting here laughing and giggling because I'm like, Lord, you know what? You are right with me. Because... <laughs> As I said before, with the analogy before, he's such a good, good father. And like any good parent, if you are trying to get your child to do something that you know is good for them and they keep refusing, you don't argue with the child. You just come a different way with it. Like I, I'm telling you, I had people who told me I should be, be um, I should do podcasting, which shout out to everybody who told me to do that last year. Um, I wasn't listening to you and I said I was going to do it, but here I am. I told, like, I'm not doing podcasts. I'm not doing it. And all the while, the Lord was aligning me for this, for such a time as this. Like, 
he was setting me up. He was getting me ready, preparing me every step of the way. And it's <laughs> it has me thinking about stuff that he's shown me and he's spoken to me about um, like for this year and before this year even started. You know, and so I'm sitting here giggling to myself because I'm sitting here like, Father, what you <laughs> what you got in store for me this year? Because I'm a little nervous. Because if you did it smooth like this, I can't even imagine how you're going to do the next things that you, you've already said you were going to do. So I'm just sitting back like, when is it going to happen? Like, how you going to do it? How you going to do it, Lord? You know, I'm pretty sure some of you, or if not some, all of you can relate to that, how the Lord has shifted things and moved things and, and positioned you. And you didn't even realize you were being positioned until you walked right into the thing that he had for you. Like, it's amazing. He is, he's an architect. He is an architect by design. Like <laughs> I'm just tripping. So anyway, tonight, um, this podcast, stay full of Jesus. I wrote this, I think in September, um, the Lord gave it to me. I was um, participating with the Priscilla Shire's workbook, Elijah Study, Faith and Fire. Shouts out to Priscilla Shire. I love you, Priscilla Shire. You're like a sister that I've never met. Okay. <laughs> Same with Sarah Jace Roberts. It's like cousin. You know, like I feel like I know them, but I know I don't know them. I'm just like fangirling or however you say it. So anyway... I was uh, participating with that workbook. And the crazy thing is my mom gave me that workbook. She said, you do this. You, you, I want you to have it. And you tell me about it. Like, okay, thanks ma. So, but it was, it was ordained by the Lord. Like I believe the Lord told her to do that. So, um, shouts out to her, Regina, my mom, Riri. <clears throat> so Priscilla, um, made a statement in the workbook. She said, sometimes in our moment of drought, we can often assume that our deepest physical desire is an accurate reflection of our truest need. But what God wants to give us, the Holy Spirit, along with all power and abundance of life his spirit offers, is the ultimate answer. I'm going to read that one more time. Sometimes in our moment of drought, we can often assume that our deepest physical desire is an accurate reflection of our truest need. But what God wants to give us the Holy Spirit, along with all power and abundance of life his spirit offers, is the ultimate answer. <laughs> oh my gosh, if that does not fit with my situations <laughs> and circumstances right now, oh my goodness. <clears throat> wow, wow. I, I have no words because to write this back in September, 2022 <clears throat> and read it now, it just takes on a whole new meaning. And that's what I love about the word of God is that I could read the same verse every single day and I'm going to get something different because it's alive. The word of God is alive. It is alive and it takes root in your heart and I could read, uh, let's say I could read like Psalm 23 today and then come back to it next year. And it has a whole different meaning for me. Like Psalm 91 verse one. He that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide in the shadow of the almighty. 
That was my anchor scripture for last year. And let me tell you something. Ooh, the time I had. <laughs> that, ooh. And then also in Psalm 91 and 11, um, he shall give his angels charge over you to bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Well, my classroom number is 1119. Backwards is 9111. So, I mean, that could be taken a couple of ways. Um, 911, I need help, or the kids need help, <laughs> or Psalm 9111. I mean, it's there. It's just, it just has so many different meanings. And I've been in that same classroom. This is my third year in that classroom. And I just realized that at the beginning of this school year, <clears throat> that the numbers backwards are Psalm 9111. So the word of God is alive. I don't care what anyone says. The word of God is alive. And the and Jesus is real. He's God is not dead. He's a, very much alive. We serve the one true living God. All the other gods, they dead. <laughs> all them men that, that worship um, Muhammad, Buddha, all them dead. Those are de those are just dead people. And and I'll say this also, something my pastor said. Every religion in the world takes something from the Bible. Every religion in the world takes something from the Bible. Because the Bible is true. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to him. No one can go to the Father but through him. So in order to be verified and vetted, they have to pull from the Bible. But then they add their own stuff to it. But the Bible pulls nothing from any other text. It stands alone. <laughs> I know there's people out there that argue with me, theologians and stuff. I'm not arguing with you. Argue with your mom, okay? <laughs> don't 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 pull up on me because I, I don't have time for it. I'm not gonna argue with you. Bible says stay away from um vain disputes and genealogies and all. I ain't got time. I'ma obey the word and that's that's what I'm gonna do and go to sleep, okay? Anyway, so Jesus is that bread of life in John 6 and 48. The word that means it's supposed to be understood is <laughs> what what doesn't what's what is it what's it saying um what's understood doesn't need to be explained okay <laughs> is jesus is that bread of life that's how it is in the bible king james version <laughs> he's that bread of, he he's that he's that one that bread of life um it also can mean emphasize to let everyone know it has been mentioned before. He's already mentioned it before. So he's going to say it one more time. He's that bread of life. That's him. The word um, goes on to say, and well, it backtracks the John 6 and 35, that if any man believeth on him, he shall never hunger or thirst. Many times we have been or are right now. And a junkie jacked up tumultuous relationship with someone who was never meant for us at all because we were hungry or thirsty. Oh, Lord, that's the heat. <laughs> but seriously, if you had a need and you met someone and they fulfilled that need, then guess what? They satisfied that hunger, that thirst. They quenched that thirst. They satisfied that hunger. <clears throat> If you needed a, a friend to talk to, if you needed a companion to go on a trip and you had one, you you dealt with them accordingly, right? So same thing. The Snickers model is you're not you when you're hungry. 
Whew. Mm, 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 mm. I always like those commercials <clears throat> because it's like they have a celebrity um, ranting or raving or whatever and once they have a Snickers they take a bite of Snickers and eat then they turn back into a normal person that no one knows who it is and they're like and their friends are like better and they're not like, yeah, better. <laughs> but it's the same thing spiritually because when we don't eat of the word of God, when we don't um, drink the word in, we get dehydrated. We get, thir we get thirsty. We get dehydrated um, in extreme measures. And we get hungry. We start starving. So in order to... <clears throat> have our thirst quenched in order to have our hunger satisfied. We have to stay in the word. I know, um, last week I was extremely busy. I mean, literally I started a podcast that Lord told me to do, um, waking up like at four 30 in the morning. Cause that's the time the Lord told me to wake up and it, it's been, it's been training on me because I'm doing my best to get into that routine make sure I go to bed. Like it's, um, what time is it? Let's see. Uh, it's 8.57 now. I'm like, I got to wrap this up, finish cleaning my house, work out, take a shower, and I'm going to bed. You hear me? I don't want to be in bed before 10 o'clock. I don't know if that's possible tonight, but I will not be staying up till midnight anymore. I can't afford it. I can't. It's wearing out my body. So I have to get up at 4.30 so I have time to spend with the Lord because my day, once it gets started, it doesn't end until I put my head back on the pillow. And I know... A lot of you can identify with that. So you have to purpose yourself to spend time with God. You have to. It's life or death out here in these in these spiritual streets. Like you have to you have to make time for him. Just like you would in a relationship. That's how you need to see your heavenly father, our heavenly father. You are in a relationship with Jesus. If you're single, that is who you're married to. If you are married, he's still the one in charge of your relationship. He's still in the center. Hopefully he's still in the center because what he's not going to do is fight over his position. He'll go ahead and let y'all put whatever y'all want to in, on the um, throne of your heart, but he's not going to fight over that. You have to put him there and you have to keep him there because we move him out of position when we start neglecting him, when we start putting other things and other people before him, He's not, he's a gentleman. He's not going to fight anybody over, over where his position is. He, he'll stay right there until you come back to where you left him. <clears throat> so that Snickers model is a real thing because there is a chemical alteration that takes place in your brain when you don't eat or drink anything for long periods of time, even in a short period of time, changes happen. And I'm going to tell you, I did some research on this because this was, um, very intriguing to me. When it comes to your thirst, the need for water is omnipresent and critical. Too little water. This is what happens when you have too little water. The volume of blood decreases. Because the volume of blood decreases, the mineral level increases. Water dilutes the minerals. So if there's not enough water, um, the concentration of the minerals like sodium, it gets too high. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to think that not, I mean, I'm not a medical doctor or anything like that, but 
we have a lot of we have salt in us already so i mean that's why when we sweat if you lick your skin it tastes like salt <laughs> remember doing that as a little kid anyway i digress <laughs> um so i'm wondering if blood pressure high blood pressure um starts from continuous dehydration periods i mean i don't know i would have to ask a medical doctor I mean, I know they said it's hereditary and everything, but if you already have salt in your system and then you eat a lot of salty food and you're not drinking enough water to wash that stuff out, get that stuff flushed out, not sweating enough to get it out of your body by um, doing physical activities and stuff, then I wonder if that's how it um, develops or either if you are already pre, uh, predisposed, I think predisposed 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 i can't remember what the word is it's, it's late i think it's predisposed predisposed to it if that amplifies it if that um ushers it in more so because you're dehydrated <clears throat> um water helps transport nutrients it eliminates waste lubricate lubricates and cushions joints and to compensate, the body will alter the heart rate and blood pressure by tweaking kidney function to retain more water. So basically what that's saying, if you don't have enough water, your body will change your heart rate and blood pressure by going to the kidneys. I see the kidneys as a reservoir. That's the last place to get some water from. Your body will start pulling the water from your kidneys if you don't put the water in there. And, um, it'll start, it'll start messing with your kidneys. And so then <coughs> your kidneys actually have to retain more water. Actually, um, if I said it backwards, I said it backwards, but they have to retain more water. So I see them like as a reservoir. Yeah. Because they retain more water. So that's what happens with the thirst. Okay. Hunger. When we are hungry, our brains are starved of glucose Glucose is another word for sugar. It's this, you know, the fancy word for sugar. Hunger controls your emotions, which <laughs> guys, um, if you're listening, that's why you always got to have snacks for your girlfriend or your wife. Okay. <laughs> guys know that. That's why they say you hungry. That's the first thing they say when a woman has an attitude, you hungry. <laughs> Yes, I am. <laughs> um, concentration is diminished. Also, with control emotions, it re if you don't eat, if you're hungry, your emotions are reduced. The control for your emotions is reduced. Um, you make more mistakes. Your speech even becomes slurred. It increases. Delays in developmental areas of cognitive, social, and emotional levels are hindered and stifle our ability to focus and study changes our brain chemistry which leads to depression or anxiety which can lead to a skewed reality <clears throat> being a teacher i know that's i know all of that for a fact is true that's why i constantly keep snacks in my classroom because if my students come in and they haven't eaten and i work with teenagers y'all y'all know teenagers will stand in front of a refrigerator and clear it out they will clear out a whole fully stocked refrigerator because they clear me out of my snacks. Y'all can more y'all can donate to my classroom if y'all want to. Some monies 
for them kids to have snacks because listen, it's like every two weeks I'm going to Sam's. I'm like, I don't even have children yet. And y'all are making me spend um astronomical amounts of money on snacks. My gosh, them kids can eat. You hear me? Last semester, last spring semester, spring 2022, I had my fourth block class. I had 18 boys and six girls. It was scary in there when I brought food. Like, I'm going to tell y'all right now, and most of them boys were on the football team. I'm telling y'all right now, I was in the land of giants, and I am a giant. Okay, I was scared. We could, <laughs> me and the few girls that were in the class, we, could, we couldn't eat nothing. We couldn't eat anything because they, <laughs> y'all, teenage boys, I don't care how little they are. They will eat you out of house and home. I learned that last year. I thought it was a joke. No, no, it's so serious. But when students eat, they calm down. <laughs> They're listening more. They pay attention more. They're happier. I mean, I noticed that. They're not sluggish. They have energy. So that's why I keep food in my classroom. And actually, a lot of teachers keep food in their classrooms for these reasons. Psalm 34 and 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth, trusted in him. When we put our trust in Jesus, he promises satisfaction. In Psalm 91 and 16, he says it. Psalm 132 and 15. And Psalm 58 and 11. <clears throat> Those are some scriptures that you can check into and um, study. That once again is Psalm 91 and 16. Psalm 132 15. Psalm 58 and 11. Jesus also promises free refills. Can I get a refill? I know I can't sing y'all. I ain't even gonna hit them notes, especially with me coughing. Oh my gosh, that'd be awful. But let me tell you something. El Varner, that song, don't let that come on because that's the song I'm singing in the shower. I'm gonna sing it in the car and I'm gonna have it on repeat because I'm gonna hit all the notes, okay? But he promises free refills. He promises that in Psalm 23 and 5. Um, when he says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Yeah, I, I might have said that backwards. But um, Psalm 23 and 5, my cup runs over. Mm. John 7 and 38 and John 4 and 14. Oh, man. Like, you get free refills. And he promises to satisfy us. Oh, man, that... And there are so many other scriptures with satisfaction. I'm pretty sure I put them in there, but y'all got to study the word on that one. The woman at the well, if we look from a different perspective in verse 11, um, I don't know why I put verse 11 didn't put the chapter. I think it's John 4 verse 11, but I'm going to double check that right now because I don't want to tell y'all something wrong. Make sure I put the right verse um, chapter with that. <clears throat> yep, it is. It's the woman at the well. Okay. See, I'm gonna verify that stuff for y'all so y'all don't have to. So verse 11 of John chapter four, the woman at the well says to Jesus, he has nothing to draw with because he asked her for a drink from the well. And she said, the well is too deep. All of us are vessels. In this case, we are supposed to have deep wells. Wells so deep that when we are going through trials, adversities, tribulations, and we don't have our Bibles, um, 
and we don't have an outlet to charge our iPhone, iPad, or iWatch, whatever, to go get our Bible app open, we have the word of God in us that we can pull from. That's why we are to study to show ourselves approved unto God and to meditate on this word day and night. Because there is a day coming when we will be persecuted for righteousness sake, for carrying our word around. But if we hide it in our hearts and bind it around our necks and teach our hearts to know wisdom, they can't stop us and they can't take away um, the light because the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? Because there is a day going to come. There, uh, There is a day coming. I mean, so we're... We're going to be persecuted for righteousness sake. We're not going to be able to carry the word of God around. We're going to have to hide. We're going to have to hide in secret places and meet to, to you know, praise God and to just fellowship. Um, there are some countries where they're being persecuted still for following Jesus. They can't speak about Jesus out in public, but some people do because they, they're like, look, for him, I move in him. I move, live and have my very being. You know, for Christ I live and for Christ I die. Like that's that's their motto, and they live by that. We're not exempt. We're not immune to that. The day will come, and we need to be ready. We always need to be ready to give an account for what we believe in to those who don't believe. We have to. That's what the Bible says. Be ye also ready. Verse 28 of the same chapter. It says, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, um, listen, I just want to, let me say this. It says the woman left her water pot. She went with a vessel to fill, not realizing she was the vessel that needed to be filled. She was empty and she was trying to find a husband. She couldn't get one. So she grabbed what someone else had. When you are hungry or thirsty for something, you start snatching whatever is lying around. You don't care who had their mouth or hands on it. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. You don't care if they were sick. You just want your thirst to be quenched. You just want your hunger and pain going. You don't care. You just know you're hungry or thirsty. Sprite says to obey your thirst. And many of us spiritually listen to what Sprite has to say more than the spirit of God. Wow. I can't believe I snapped like that. <laughs> I, that was the Lord coming through on that one because how? Sprite says to obey your thirst, but what is your thirst for? What are you thirsting for this evening? Are you thirsting for the word of God or are you thirsting for the things of this world? Because there's a difference. And you're going to obey your thirst. You see how the world, let's look at it. Snickers says, you're not you when you're hungry. And Sprite says to obey your thirst. I promise you, the world knows Jesus. They just don't worship him. Like the Pharisees believed in Jesus, but they didn't confess him. And in order to be saved, you must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the son of God. Like you, you have to do both of those things. Well, see the Pharisees, they only believed in their heart. They didn't confess them. The world knows. <coughs> it says that demons tremble at the name of Jesus. 
I mean, that's a fact. It's in the Bible. So why do you think, do you honestly think that somebody just thought it up? I mean, yes, technically, yes. But where did that come from? Hmm. Makes you wonder, huh? Obey your thirst. And that's a command. You In English, you have interrogative sentences, which are your question sentences. You have, um, don't ask me the other ones, uh, declarative sentences, which you're making a statement. And then you have imperative sentences, which are commands. Like, that's a command. Obey your thirst. So, you can only obey one master. <laughs> You're either going to love the one and hate the other, or hate the one and love the other. Like, it's no in-between. So, you are you have a thirst, but what are you using to quench it? Are you using the word of God, or are you using the things of this world? <clears throat> Verses 17 through 18, she says to Jesus, I have no husband. He says to her, you have answered well. Verse 18 says, because you have had five and the one you are with now ain't yours either. And ain't. <coughs> he said, and ain't. And just for y'all who don't know, every time you sleep with somebody, you get your merits on. I just want y'all to know that. Because God ordained marriage. Marriage is of God between a man and a woman. And I know y'all not going to like that. Y'all going to whatever. Read the Bible. Okay. I'm literally telling you what's in the Bible. You don't have to agree with that, but I'm not saying it. I'm telling you what the Bible says. It says marriage is between a man and a woman. Period. God made marriage. And let me say this. <clears throat> Everything that God has made, Satan is against it. And he tries to, um, I'm looking for the word. <clears throat> he tries to um, destroy it. And he tries to, um, I can't even think of the word. Lord, help me bring my, my um, memory back. Um, he tries to duplicate it, but then he tries to... Um, desecrated by um twisting it so with marriage he if god said it's for man and woman then satan's like no it's same sex like here's the thing the devil be playing the devil literally plays everybody he plays every human being i'm gonna tell you that i'm not gonna say y'all because i'm included in that too i'm not above that the devil literally twists everything that god does so if god were to originally create same if he were just listen to this hypothetical situation. If God were to have made um, homosexual marriage, if he were to have said, okay, um, marriage is between man and man and woman and woman, Satan would have flipped it and said, no, it's between a man and a woman. I'm telling you, like, think about it. Everything that God does, Satan goes against it. He has to counter it because he hates everything that God does. He tried to be God himself. Like, he tried to make himself equal with God. Like, so you got to think about that. If God says go left, Satan is going to make going right real. Look, he's going to make it look real good to go right. He, he is. That's what he does. He is our enemy. 
He is not our friend. And he has so many people fooled out there. And yeah, you may have the money. You may have the status. You may have the followers. You may have the likes, whatever. But just know your day is coming. Your day is coming. And I'm not saying that to speak evil or no. That's what the Bible says. Period. It says, I saw the wicked spreading themselves like a green bay tree. But lo and behold, I look around. I ain't see them no more. That literally happens when you live for the world and you live for the devil. That happens. You ain't got to believe me. Read the word of God and see for yourself. Read and find out. Because I literally saw that happen last year. It was somebody um, who tried to curse me and speak evil against me. That person is now dead. And I'm not being like rude or anything. I mean, it was awful. And I prayed for her. Um, I prayed for her family and everything like that. But that person is no longer living. That per And not, when I tell you, tried to curse curse the ground I walked on. I still got the voice messages. Curse the ground I walked on. Curse my future marriage. Curse, well, excuse me. Tried to curse the ground I walked on. Tried to curse my future marriage. Tried to curse my future children. Tried to. Over some foolishness. God does not play. And it ain't about his children. Because we all his children. That's the thing. When people say God don't play about me. God don't play about nobody. <laughs> what's wrong is wrong and what's right is right. He don't play by nobody because he made us. He, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So he don't play about none of us. We're all his children. It's just that some of us are choosing to walk in obedience while some of us are choosing to walk in disobedience. You got to pick which side you're going to be on because obedience is better than sacrifice. So with that being said, the enemy will make a fool out of us. If we're not careful and I don't want the enemy to do that to any of y'all. I don't, I don't, I hadn't even met y'all. I don't even know who you are, but I love you because if I didn't, I wouldn't be here doing this podcast. I love the Lord more so because I'm being obedient to him and what he told me to do. But I love you too, because you're my brothers, you're my sisters, and I don't want to see any of us lost. I want all of us to get raptured out of here when Jesus cracked that sky. But the truth is, a lot of people ain't going. You got to make that decision now. You got to choose him now. Choose him today. Choose him today. Choose life so that you may live. Anyway, I don't even know who that was for, but that was for you, because that wasn't in my notes. So... Jesus told her, well said, because the man you laying up with now ain't yours either. He ain't your husband. Because she said, I have no husband. <laughs> and you got to go and read this account because the conversation, I think Jesus only spoke seven times compared to her um, speaking to him. She said a lot of stuff. But the way he phrased these questions and things to her, the way he said things kind of set her up to open up to him. Because to be honest, when we come to Jesus, we must, um, when we come to, to worship the Lord, we must come to him in spirit and truth. And 
we're spirits have we're spirit we're spiritual beings having an earthly um experience we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience we are not this flesh and blood that we see we are spiritual beings living an earthly experience okay and in order to go to the to worship the father we must worship him in spirit and in truth she couldn't give God glory and honor unless she was honest with him. She had to be truthful with him. It's like he already know, but she didn't know that was Jesus. So it's not like she was telling him the truth because she knew who he was. When you listen, when you have an encounter with Jesus, everything gets laid out on the table. You can't hide anything. Everything gets laid out on the table. And so verse 19, it says, um, she perceived, perceived means to discern. Can you discern? Do you have spiritual awareness? Do you have spiritual awareness? I pray and ask God to give me his eyes, give me his ears so I can be in tune with his frequency. I want to be on the same frequency as the Lord. I want to be in tune with him. I want to see what he sees. Sometimes that's a little scary because it's like I ain't asked to see all that now. But hey, look, I I, I ask him, give me the wisdom of Solomon. Cause I, I don't want to do dumb stuff and then have to backtrack and, and fix what I did. No, tell me which step. Let me hear you say step this way, two spots, or step, do one giant hop forward. You know, like I want to hear all of that. I don't want lies from the enemy dictating where I need to go. And then it's wrong. I want to hear the Lord. Can you discern? Can you discern when someone means, you know, no good. Can you discern then? And see, here's the, here's the responsibility with the discernment. Let's say you can hear the Holy spirit speaking to you. Okay. You need to go to Walmart to, you need to like you're in the car and your Holy spirit saying you need to go to Walmart. Why I need to go to Walmart? You need to go to Walmart. Because see, let me tell you something. I know for me, when the Holy Spirit tells me to do something, when the Lord tell, uses the Holy Spirit to speak to me, <laughs> he might say it twice. It's rare when he says it three times. It's getting to the point where I don't get three times for him to say it. He said he might say it twice at this point in time with my relationship with him. He said one time, I better move. That's like last week. You want me to do what? Okay. I was, and guess what? I was on Target app trying to see if I can get me a, um, a microphone and headphones. Walmart, who got the best price? Like I wasn't about to sit there and go back and forth with the Lord. And he's not going to go back and forth with us. He said what he said. And that's all he going to say until you do what he said. He ain't speaking no more. I'm going to tell you right now. I learned from experience. When I started getting serious with the Lord, he was gracious enough to tell me like three times and he would do it in a specific way. So that way I would know it was him and not myself. Cause I'm, you know, like I told you about the only child thing. I'll actually, I'll sit there and think it's me. And it wasn't me. It, it, it was, it was me. I think it was the Lord. It was me <laughs> like, Oh, that was like, no, that wasn't, was it? No, it wasn't. That was me. So he would speak to me a certain way. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's the Lord talking to me. I know that now 
well, Lord, is now where you at? You ain't, you ain't do the thing. You didn't do the thing. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Different level right now. You, you moved, you, you graduated from that. Now you got to just know. And a lot of times I know for me, when it doesn't make sense and when I have a peace about it, that's the Lord. <laughs> when it doesn't make sense and I have a peace about it. And also who is it going to benefit? Because a lot of times when he asks me to do something, it's to benefit somebody else. I'm, I'm going to get the benefit from being obedient. But the actual thing he's asking me to do, it has no benefit for me. It's for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I know that when the enemy lies to me, it's a little, it's a lot of confusion with it. Like, wait, what? Huh? What? I don't have peace about it. And it's usually to benefit myself. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, that's how... I don't see any benefit for other people. I just see the benefits for myself. So that's how I'm I'm able to discern. And I didn't have that when I first started hearing the Lord speak to me. Um, that's why I said he would do certain, he would do a certain thing when he would speak to me. And I was like, okay, I know that's the Lord. Now I don't I don't I don't see here whatever that certain thing was. I don't have that anymore. Not as often as he would speak to me. I might have that once in a while, but mm-mm. nope, mm-mm. but I get his peace, overwhelming amount of peace. So huh, you got to have spiritual awareness. You need to pray for discernment every single day of your life. Discernment will save your life. I'm telling you from experience. And before your deliverance, you gain sight. The Lord allows you to see the mess you are in. Um, last, no, not last year. It was the year before last. Like I said, I was, I think I said this on a previous podcast. I was taking a psychology class and the Lord showed me myself. And I'm telling you, it, it was a game changer. Cause like, you know, you go to the altar, like, okay, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. And you have people pray over you and stuff and you fall out. Oh, you know, whatever, you know, you fall out, whatever it is. And you get up and go right back to that sin. Hold up. Didn't I just spend two hours at the altar with the pastor and all the elders praying over me? Like, why am I back in this? Deliverance is a process. And I'll tell you right now, at that point in time in my life, when the Lord showed me myself, because I, I prayed and asked the Lord to show me myself. When you ask the Lord to show you yourself, be prepared for what you're going to see. And to be honest, you can't even prepare for what you're going to see because he's going to show you everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. But when he showed me myself that day, he said, you were going to continue to keep, he said, you couldn't, you couldn't stop that on your own. You couldn't stop doing that on your own. You want to keep going back, going back like a pig returning to the mud, like a dog returning to his vomit. You're going to continue to go back. I know you love me with all your heart. But that thing that had you bound, it was your master. 
and you were running back to it every time it called. Said, now that I've shown you yourself, you have a heavy responsibility. You have a heavier weight because you go back out there, you ain't coming back. When I heard that right there, they got me all the way together. I'm telling I felt a weight with that one. It was a heavy weight on that one. When you, if, if you choose to go back out there after knowing what I just showed you, after seeing what I've shown you about yourself, your latter end will be worse than the beginning. And that's Bible. It's a heavy weight. It's a heavy responsibility. It's one thing to know, to not know why you do certain things, but when you know why you do certain things, you keep doing them. That's a whole different, that's a, that's a different ball game you playing in. You playing in the big leagues right there. Cause the Bible says that God for a season, he went at our sin. He winked at our sin for a season. Like he kind of like turned an eye to, he knew we were doing it. Of course he's God, he's omniscient, but he kind of, it says like he turned, but now that we know the truth, and you choose to go back out there? Mm. Woo! Yeah, uh-uh. And these famous song lyrics say it best. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. In order to choose Jesus, he doesn't lead us blindly. He lets us see what we are in so we can know what we have the option to walk away from. That's why it's such a travesty when men and women of God walk away from the faith. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Hebrews 10 and 39. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us, but they went out. 1 John 2 and 19. The woman didn't leave. She perceived. Then she was filled, not in her water pot, but she herself was the vessel. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, which is in 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. And like Jesus said, but the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of spring or water springing up into everlasting life, which is in verse 14. The woman left her baggage, her water pot, everything she carried to the well. She left it with Jesus, casting her cares upon him because he cares for her. And he made her an evangelist. Not only that, but she went and witnessed to the men. She witnessed to the thing that she was delivered from because she was no longer thirsty. Because once you are full, you have the strength, the endurance, the patience, the power, the love, the joy, the self-control, etc. to face whatever Satan thought he had over you. We are more than conquerors. When you stay full of Jesus, you can do anything. When you're full of yourself, you will always remain empty. When that woman got full of Jesus, there was no stopping her. She ran back to the men in the town. And it says she, she went to the men. It never said that she went to the women. She went to the men. Because I'm pretty sure she may have been the prostitute of the town. I'm pretty sure she was the harlot of the town. Okay. And she went back to the very people who condemned her, who probably were knocking on her door like, hey, you got time today? You know, like she went to them and said, come see a man who told me ever I was. Mm. Come see a man. 
Wow. <laughs> Come see a man. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Whew. Well, the coffin has stopped because I know that was the enemy trying to get me to not even, <laughs> the enemy is a liar. And I just, going back through these notes, blessed me. It really blessed me. So I just want to close with this. If you don't have Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I highly suggest that you choose him today. Confess with your mouth that you are a sinner in need of a savior. Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that Jesus went to the cross to die for your sins and that God raised his son from the dead. And you will be saved. Call on the name of Jesus and you will be saved. That's what I highly suggest you do. Because in all reality, you don't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes. He might say, um, your soul is required. <laughs> like he did to the man who said his storehouse was a fool and he was just going to rest. Um, no, your soul is required. Your soul might be required of you tonight in the very next 15 minutes, the very next 30 seconds. You might, listen, I heard it, this put it in perspective for me when I was a young child. Everybody is assigned a number and you don't know when your number is coming up. Wow. When is your number coming up? You don't know. With that being said, I think you should accept Jesus today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this word that has gone forth. Father God, I thank you that the word is already blessed. I thank you right now for your heavenly host, Father God, watching over each and every person who is listening. Let your word just take root in their heart. Father God, I thank you right now for um, keeping and protecting the minds of each and every listener. Father, cancel every lie of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for your grace. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Father God, I thank you right now that according to your word in John 3, 16 and 17, you said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me this Monday, uh, March the 20th, 2023. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. I hope y'all have a great day, great evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate it. And y'all have a great evening.